Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's time to turn your garden into a smart garden on News Radio 830 WCCO. Smart Gardens, an hour of expert advice and answers to all of your lawn and gardening questions. You can call 989-9226 or text us at 81807. Now, here's Denny Law with this week's Smart Garden. Yes, indeed. We're going to talk gardening, lawns and gardens. <laughs> and it's 14 degrees below zero. <laughs> Master gardener Teresa Rooney, and you felt it coming in here I today. I did. It's a wee bit nippy out there. Yes, <laughs> it is a little bit nippy. Minus 14, maybe six below. Maybe. For a high today. If we're lucky. But our good friends at, uh, at By the Yard, Patio Furniture, mm-hmm. sponsor the show every week. We appreciate that. and uh, they're, That's uh, great furniture. It is great oh, furniture. And it's unaffected by this weather. It's absolutely Unlike beautiful. us. Yep. And even with winds, it doesn't blow around. No. Uh-uh. And you don't have to cover it. You don't have to beautiful. do anything. You leave it outside. Yep. So thanks to our friends down near Jordan, Minnesota, that make the best patio furniture in the whole world, By the Yard. As I mentioned, Teresa Rooney is a master gardener who helps us out a lot here, helps you out as our CCO listeners. And uh, there's folks are calling in already. If you have a, any kind of a lawn or garden question, <laughs> just, <laughs> you, you all, we're all, gardeners are always thinking. So even when it's 14 below, well, this we're is, this still is thinking. when you do your planning. This right? is when you do your planning and your reflection on what happened last year and what you might want to change next year. Start, and you look at the eye candy that's coming in the mail, all those Oh, isn't catalogs. that true? Yes. yes. <laughs> in fact, I was going to make mention that uh, my uh, one of my daughters uh, told me that they were uh, uh, grabbing some folks and going to the uh, Arboretum. Go to the Arboretum. Uh, it's a they few days ago. fun out yeah. there and, and hit your local garden centers. Lots of times they still have plants in there so you can get sure. some greenery to look at and yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Como uh, Zoo has a nice arboretum or a nice uh, conservatory. That too, conservatory so. is gorgeous. Yeah, there, yeah. so it? get in yeah. there, go out to the Minnesota yeah. Zoo, enjoy the Tropic Trail. Yeah, yeah, indeed. And I would assume some folks maybe received house plants as a gift. They might have this year. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe yep. we can kind of help them figure out to, how to handle how those. to handle those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So whatever your lawn or garden question might be, yeah, we'll talk lawns. <laughs> we'll do our best. But you know, I know <laughs> c- coming up in the weeks ahead mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Sam Bauer will be here. Sam will be here in the spring to help you with all your. He's Gardening, the he's the lawn. turf guru, he's as we call guru, him. Yeah, yes. but uh, anyway, uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is helping us out today. So if you do have any kind of a lawn or garden question, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, or send a text eight one eight zero seven eight one eight zero seven. Speaking of that, uh, Teresa, there's a text that just came in. I have a snake, a mother-in-law plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mother-in-law's tongue. Mm-hmm. That is about 12 inches tall in uh-huh. a six-inch pot. It keeps falling over. Is it the wrong size pot, or what? Uh, do you have any ideas? Possibly not. That's the Sanzaveria, and those, uh, they're um, 
they're cactus-like, so they don't need a lot of water. They're more of a succulent. Um, they have very, they like to be very, very, very tightly potted, and they have very shallow roots. So, so that's probably it. You may just need to corral them up a little bit. Um, they don't need a big pot. They they like to be tight. They like to be root bound. What other uh, type of uh, house plants that somebody uh, maybe they don't have that particularly a green thumb. Mm-hmm. Christmas cactus? Christmas cactus are nice and easy. Yeah. Again, same as the Sansevieria, our mother-in-law's tongue or snake plant. They um, they like to be potted tight. Uh, they don't need a lot of water. They're more cactus-like, but they're not a cactus, or the Christmas cactus is, obviously. Um, yeah, and, and they have shallow root systems, don't need a lot of water, but they do need light. So you need light. But there are a lot of plants that will grow in the darker areas of your home. Like what? Do you, um, do you, you want to maybe look at a cast iron plant, a pothos, um, even a, uh, oh, <laughs> just went, it just went out of my brain. I'll think of it later. Uh, but if you go to extension.umn.edu, there's a lot of suggestions for low light plants, oh, medium okay. light plants. Um yeah. That is such a great website. It is a really great website. And, and you know, orchids are wonderful. Orchids are so easy. The Phalaenopsis, the moth orchid is nice and mm-hmm. easy. So that's an easy plant to grow. Um, just It's a simple care. And with all your plants, again, don't just water on a schedule and don't feed on a schedule. You want to make sure your plant needs the water or needs the food. If it's not actively growing, it doesn't need fertilizer. If the soil is slightly damp, it probably doesn't need to be watered. Is that one of the, the main things that people... We kill them with kindness. Kill, with the too much <laughs> we water. We kill them with over, kindness, over yep. Mm-hmm. 651-989-9226. There's a line open if you want to use it or send a text, 81807. Let's go back to the phones, uh, Teresa. Anne is calling from St. Louis Park. Anne, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Anne. Hi, Teresa. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, I know that I'm going to have a big problem in the spring because I have a ton of thistle. Okay. How do I get rid of it? Um, the easiest or the, the best way is, um, you know, pull it if you can. It's got a really deep taproot, so you may need to use a weed killer on this. So what I would do is I would cut down as much as you possibly can, and then immediately um, uh, you can treat you can treat the cut stumps with um, like a, a weed killer, a broadleaf weed killer. I'd probably use like a bush killer. And then also as soon as the new plants come up, treat it again and keep treating the new plants, keep treating the new plants. Eventually you will, you will deprive the roots, the Though it's big roots of all their carbohydrates, and they'll eventually just give up. It is a process, and whatever thistles oh. you've got, make sure you don't let them go to seed because they really can no, sell seed nicely. I don't. Yeah. I, I didn't let them go to seed, and I pulled a ton of them up mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. But, but, that, uh, but it could be, too, that as you're pulling, you're disturbing the soil, and there's more thistle seeds um, embedded in the soil, so then they become activated uh, with the sunlight. So that's, that's one problem with disturbing the soils. Um, yeah, the thistles are a tough one. Thistles are What, what does it look like? A Can thistle plant. Um, they have very prickly leaves. Okay. They have a beautiful pink flower. Uh, oh, mid I've to, seen that. Mid to late um, summer, and then they get the puffs, the little, the little things, the little um, seeds. Uh, the finches love the seeds. Um, some of the birds um, love the seeds. So the seeds are very good, and the thistles have. They're one of those plants that come in in the beginning of a disturbed area. 
and they help revitalize the soil. They drill down with their tap roots and break up the soil and, and bring nutrients up and, and move the nutrients through the soil. So they're one of those um, pioneer plants. So they're they're very good, and they're really good in disturbed soils, but not so nice in our lawns and gardens. I guess not. Yeah. All right, Karen, you're next. to Hang on. There's a line open if you want to ask Teresa your question, your lawn or garden question. Even with 14 below zero, Even with 14 below. we forge ahead talking lawns and gardens every Saturday. Uh, if you want to send a text, if that's easier, 81807. Hang on, Teresa. We'll take this break and uh, be right back. Okay. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Lawn and Garden Show. We call it Smart Garden. Brought to us every week by our friends at By the Yard Patio Furniture, 14 Below Zero, and Master Gardener Teresa Rooney is a trooper coming in today <laughs> in this uh, cold weather to help you out. So if you have a lawn or garden kind of a question, uh, yes, I know it's cold, but we're still talking. We are still talking. 52 weeks a year, mm-hmm. we do that. Gar- Master like, Gardeners are always talking. Yes. We're you know, kind of geeky that way. And, you know, I was going to ask you about that, uh, being a Master Gardener. Um what is the process? I mean, if I was really mm-hmm. interested. Yep. Um, it's a really good, uh, good, interesting thing. Our interns are just starting their classes in a, a week or so. So I have three interns this year. Hi, guys. And um, so they'll be starting their classes. But what happens is over the summer, you send your information. Um, you can go online to how okay. to become a master gardener or send your information to your local extension office. And in Hennepin County here, then we gather all that information. We look at it. Um, we send out a little test thing. You fill that out. Um, you then um, are asked to come in for an interview. So we have a small panel of master gardeners who talk to you. And then we choose from there. Mm. And most of the time we're just, we're, we, ha- we choose because um, we want people that like to garden, that um, enjoy learning about gardening and want to share that uh, research-based information with their communities. That's what a master gardener is. It's not someone who knows everything. Um, and then, then we bring on our master gardener interns, and then they go to school. Uh, they take a class out at the Arboretum. It's basically Hort 101. First year, they do 50 hours of edu- uh, volunteer work and 12 hours of education. Then after that, it's 25 hours of volunteer work, 12 hours of education to keep up their certification. Mm. So, so that's how we process. do it. That's yeah. how we do it in Hennepin County. Some of the other counties have less, um, less hours that they're required. Okay. But we have so many opportunities here that, that we just... We want everybody to, to get what they can give and do. It seems like all the master gardeners you guys have introduced us to, they mm-hmm. all seem happy. We're talking gardening. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even at its worst, it's, it's fun. Great, great therapy. It's gardening. Huh? And, and some of us, um, we become master gardeners so that we don't, like, destroy our family relationships by sharing with our spouse or our family, oh, did you see that cool fungus I found out in the yard? As then your spouse <laughs> rolls their eyes. So then you can talk to other gardeners who are in your same tribe Very and good. understand this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, by the way, if you have a, a lawn or garden question for our master gardener, uh, Therese Rooney, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Mary Lou is calling from Crystal, I believe. Mary Lou, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hi, Mary Lou. Hi. Hi. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you. Um, going back to your Christmas cactus, mm-hmm. I was wondering, there is a period afterwards. Don't they have to rest and you have to put them in the dark or something? Nope, not with a Christmas cactus. Just oh, treat you don't. it as a regular oh. house plant. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then that, it will yeah. 
just bloom again then about the same time next it year? It usually does. And why, why it does that is because there's a light and dark differential, and there's also a heat and coolness differential between your days and nights. So a lot of times, if you just put your Christmas cactus out somewhere in the in the summer, and then in the fall, you remember to bring it in before it freezes, but you let it get some cool fall nights, that will actually trigger that budding. And it's the same for orchids. They need that difference between a night and day temperature. If you leave it in the house all the time, that's okay, too. Just make sure it's where it can be cooler at night, um, by a window or something like that. That's why the if they bloom so beautiful in the old houses, because the windows leak so badly. Uh, so the windows were very cool at night. And then they would be warmer during the daytime. All right. Very good, Mary Lou. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, text number 81807. This came in. Uh, a lime plant. How long do they last and how much do you water it? You want the soil to stay slightly moist. And um, I'm assuming they mean a lime where you'd have little limes, like little assume, lemons, yeah. and a citrus tree. It's a tree. It can live for many, many, many years. Um, you know, my mother had a lemon tree that lived for easily... 50 years, 60 years. No in the kidding. House. Yeah, wow. till somebody put um, uh, uh, a weed killer on it. No. But uh, yeah, it wasn't pretty. But yeah, so so, so we so you can treat those as trees and they will live forever in your house and Excellent. bring them out in the summer. Mm-hmm. Texture says, why is my poinsettia dropping all its bottom leaves? That will do that because of the uh, the watering situation. It may be getting too much water and not enough light. Uh, might be too hot, might be too cold, um, and and it, that is what happens to a lot of the cactuses, a lot of the the um, poinsettias. Sometimes they're not always potted in the best of the soils, so they just don't do that well. But again, I would definitely go to the extension site. They have a great page on Chris on um, poinsettias. Extension.umn.edu to help troubleshoot exactly what you're seeing. Very good. Uh, Texter says, I live on a little lake. Is there a type of planting I could put along the lake shore that would deter the geese? Yes, that's pat- perfect. And if you have grass going all the way down to the lake shore, um, it allows all your fertilizers to go into the lake and it doesn't really clean the water going into the lake. But it also tells the geese, hey, there's no foxes, there's no wolves or coyotes waiting to pounce on me, let me go and graze on their lawn. So if you can build anything up, any kind of planting will work. Um, Native grasses, native prairie plants, shrubs, um, whatever. If you can build up some kind of screen so that the geese can't see what's on the other side, they won't come into your yard because there could be wolves hiding on the other side waiting to pounce on them and eat them. So they don't know that. So without a clear view, they're going to go over to the neighbor's place instead who has a clear view. Interesting. So, mm-hmm, yep. so there's, there are options. And there's options. And that also helps keep your lake nice and clean. So there's very great, important. There's great books on lakeshore um, planting. Um, yeah. Okay, great. 651-989-9226. Back to the phones we go. Julie is calling from St. Louis Park. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, Julie. Hi, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I, I can't remember the name of this big bulb, but I just bought four of them because mm-hmm. they were on sale. Yep, the amaryllis. That's it. Anyway, I, I have an old one that bloomed mm-hmm. for the second time in October. Okay. And and so I cut it cut off the old and then it started blooming, uh, not blooming. Um, Growing leaves. Five leaves. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, I better not cut them off. Maybe it's going to bloom again. Well, it won't bloom but, again, but those leaves will grab nutrition for next year. So you want to leave the leaves on as long as you can. 
So just leave them. Just leave them. Leave yep. the leaves. Yep, leave the leaves. And then plant up those other amaryllis. Make, remember that amaryllis are what I call sexy bulbs. They like to have their shoulders above the soil line. So it's like a woman in a shoulderless dress. That's how you want your amaryllis planted. So you can see the the, the curve of the bulb. Um, so plant, it, um, plant them up. And then you can set your pots out in the summertime. They'll get a lot of nice sunshine. Really bulk up those that bulb for a flowering in the fall and Christmas season for you. Very good, Julie. Thank you for the call. Uh, Julie leaves that line open, 651-989-9226. Or text 81807. We always get some good text messages, as you know, Teresa. Are there any for Creeping Charlie yet? You want to? You read my mind. (laughs) That was my next. No, I. This is what the texter says. I have an acre of Creeping Charlie in my back lawn. Oh, my goodness. What is the best treatment? I do not like using chemicals. Are there any alternatives? It's kind of tough without chemicals. There there are two alternatives. You can keep hand pulling. Um, Well, there's three. You can keep hand pulling. You can um, have the entire um, yard redone where they take everything out and bring in new sod and soil for you. Or you can do a deep mulch. Uh, They would call it, um, yeah, do a deep mulch. you cover it with cardboard, uh, then layer some compost and 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 uh, straw and and leaves and things like that, um, and then you, then you will get rid of it, and then you can plant whatever you want on top of that. You wouldn't plant grass; you'd plant flowers and trees. Oh, okay. Shrubs. All right. Yeah. So there are. So there's uh, there's options. There's okay. always options. All right. Yes, and I'm I thought... so glad we had a creeping Charlie <laughs> question to end 14 the year. <laughs> below zero, and we're talking creeping. Charlie. I love Minnesotans I and Wisconsin's. Too. Absolutely. All right, let's go back to the phones. Uh, Deb in Waconia is uh, next up. Deb, you're on CCO. Thank you. Hi, Deb. Hi, Teresa. Um, This is a question for you about springtime. Okay. And summer, I guess. Um, We just moved here into this home last January. Mm -hmm. And when spring came, I had many, many um, spider webs everywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And I knocked them down, and then they'd come back right away the next day, and they would go from plant to plant or from the railing to the house. Mm -hmm. They were everywhere. And um, I lost quite a few plants. I would spray them, or I put some granules that are supposed to get rid of um, um, spiders and stuff, and it just didn't work. And um, I'm a little hesitant about the new year coming. I don't know what to do about it. I think someone told me it was probably aphids. Okay, yep. So so it's different. Now you had, were they big spiders where you could see the spider or were they little they're tiny little. webbings? Okay. Yep, they're little. Th- those are spider mites. And so they're totally different than spiders. It's, it's two totally, totally different critters there. Um, usually we see a lot of spiders in our yard in August because that's when the bug populations have increased. Um, and they don't hurt our plants. They help our plants. Those spiders do. But the spider mites are little, little insects that like to suck the juices out of our plants and kill them. So you do need to tra- uh, spray for spider mites. Um, try to get your plants as healthy as possible. Um, you can often just spray the spider mites off of them with water but or soapy water. You want to use um, not a detergent but a soap. Uh, there are um, uh, insecticidal soaps you could use on that. And make sure you're not spraying them in the hot sun, that you're spraying them in the, in the morning before the sun comes out. Otherwise, that, that liquid can burn, can burn the um, the plants. You can also use systemic, which causes the entire plant to become poisonous. You do have to keep on it, though, because they'll lay a lot of eggs, and um, there's there's just a population that will come back. 
And if you can get a lot of birds in your yard, sometimes the birds and the other insects will eat the spider mites. But if you're putting down chemicals that kill the spider mites, you also may be hurting the birds and the other insects. So it's a, it's a trade-off there. But those are spider mites, and I would definitely go the Extension website for that one. Okay. Very good. Thank you, Deb. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teresa, hang on. We're going to take our usual <laughs> bottom-of-the-hour break. And we have another half hour of the show to go. But don't wait. If you have a lawn and garden question for Master Gardener Teresa, uh, call it in or text it in. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. And good Saturday morning. Welcome back to another portion here of our Smart Garden Show. Denny Long with uh, Master Gardener Teresa Rooney in studio helping you out. And we have a lot of text messages as usual. Okay. And if you want to do that, Send uh, Teresa your text, 81807, or call us, if that's easier, 651-989-9226. All right, let's see. Texter says, we have two large geraniums at my office that we brought inside last year and this year and have in a window. Both last year and this year, the leaves started drying out and turning brown. Now, the plants sit right by heat vents, which isn't ideal, but this is our sunniest windows. Would plants be better with less sun, but also less dry air and heat from the heat duct? How much light do they need in winter? Ideally, we'd like them to bloom in winter. They, for blooming, they're going to need as much light as possible. Yeah. So what you might want to do, and since you can't really move them, if you can block any of the heat, that would be nice. But also put down a pebble tray and have that with water and keep that filled. That will um, give them a little more water and make sure you're keeping that soil a little moist, not super wet, but moist. Um, that will help too. Misting isn't really needed because it only lasts for 15 minutes. Don't don't bother with that. But do do the pebble tray. That will really help with the moisture level for them. Okay, very good. Uh, let's see. I'm relatively new, the texter says, to perennial gardening. How do I control the spread of cone flowers? They're taking over. Oh, all you have to do is once they're finished blooming, cut off their heads. Okay. That, that cuts off their seeds, right. um, and then they don't self-seed. But cone flowers can be... Um, can be um, they they will spread through your garden, but as soon as you cut off the seeds, the seed heads, then you won't get any more coneflowers. Very good. That text number, by the way, 81807. Here's another one, Teresa. My bird of paradise bloomed after five years. Way cool. Is this common to bloom this time of year? How do I get it to bloom next time and how often between mm-hmm. blooms? You know, I normally do see them blooming in the wintertime for us here. Now, that's a tropical, and I'm not that familiar with it. Um, I've grown one or two, but but my house is so terrible for, for indoor plants. I would definitely go down to the Florida University. They have excellent information on tropical plants. So I would I would Google down to the Florida University and get some information on that tropical, how to get it to rebloom again. Okay. Uh, if you want to call uh, Teresa, 651-989-9226. There is a line open. Or again, 81807 for your text messages. Uh, what's the best way, Texter says this, to start a compost pile and what actually can go in it and what can't? Uh, we have five chickens. And I heard chicken droppings are very good for the garden and the compost pile. Chicken droppings are excellent for the garden and the compost pile. You have chickens. I have chickens, yes. My little girls are not appreciating the cold weather. I'm not appreciating the cold weather. Anyway, um, yeah, so so chicken droppings are really good in your compost bin. um, And in the garden, they do need to be... they need to be aged, so you don't want them to smell like chicken droppings when you put them in the garden. So put them in your compost bin first. Um, we have a great uh, 
information on extension.umn.edu. But to way to start a compost bin, it doesn't have to be a bin. It can be just a pile. So what you want to do is maybe lay down some heavier sticks so that there'll be some air circulation on the bottom. Uh, then you just want to alternate green and brown layers. Green layers are things that are kind of, um, they'll be green, like green leaves, lettuce. Uh, you won't want to put in any meat products, no bones, no cheeses, no milk, nothing like that. Eggshells can go in, but not eggs. Um, so those are the, no oils can go in, but everything else can go in. Brown stuff is all the dried material, like dried leaves, sticks, things like that. Um, you can put your weeds in if they haven't gone to seed. You can put your table scraps in if they if you, they don't have the oils on them. And then just you just want to uh, basically it's a fifty fifty. It does it's not really fifty fifty, but that's close enough green and brown. And um, in even though coffee grounds are brown, they really are considered a green because they are high in nitrogen. And your mm. chicken droppings would be green also because they're high in nitrogen. High in nitrogen. Interesting. Yeah. So that's how you make a compost pile. Very good. Let's then go back. mix everything up, and it'll turn into compost. Sounds you know good. it's ready when you don't know what you're seeing anymore. It just <laughs> looks like dirt. It doesn't look like eggshells. It doesn't look like sure. sticks. Very good. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Teresa. Okay. Bob in Cottage Grove uh, has been waiting there. Bob, you're on CCO with Teresa. Hey, Bob. Hi. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Happy New Year to both of you. And Happy New Year. And you. Anyhow, I have trouble with my tomato plants. Mm-hmm. This is early, but last year I took black plastic, covered the whole ground, then covered it with some, some more soil. Mm-hmm. Took the soil off last spring, took the black plastic off, planted the plants. They keep turning yellow on the bottom of the leaves. Okay. It it could be that what kind of plants are you growing? What kind of tomatoes are you growing? You're growing hybrids or they're, heirlooms they're or better boy better and boy. girl and stuff like okay. that. Okay. When you're growing those tomato plants, make sure that they have VTFN after them. Especially I would think the verticillium and the fusarium wilt for the V and the F. Um, those will be really important. You might have verticillium in your soil, um, and it's a wilt that just impacts those those tomatoes. So you want tomatoes that are resistant. So look for letters after your hybrid tomato plants. Um, as soon as you plant your tomato plants, you want to put a barrier between the soil and the leaves of the plant. So then put down your, either your black plastic or straw or something like that. You don't want water splashing from the ground up onto the leaves. Once the flowers show up on your tomato plant, that level of leaves can stay on your plant. Go down one more level of leaves. Those leaves can stay on your plant. And then remove everything else down to the ground. It'll, they may look like little tomato trees then. You're just, you're just creating an area of uh, space between the soil and so that um, diseases can't wake up. But um, if you've got verticillium wilt in your soil, you, that's a problem. You just have to grow plants that are resistant to it. Oh, all right. Yep. Thank Good you, luck. Bob. Thank you. We were talking about becoming a master gardener earlier, yes. and a texter wanted to know, is it expensive to become a master gardener? You know, I think the cost is about 250 to $300, but there are scholarships available. Mm. So cost should not be something that prevents you from becoming a master gardener. Um, for us... Um, if you if you complete all your services, um, then you you only would pay that two hundred and fifty, or you pay it upfront. You only pay the two hundred. But if you don't um, become a master gardener, then you wind up paying like the seven hundred dollars that it would be if you took the university class. So make sure you do get your your volunteer hours in. But um, do ask if there's help for for that because okay. we do have scholarships because we want everyone to who wants yeah. to become a master gardener and price and money should not be a problem. Don't. 
let that discourage you. Don't let that discourage you. Don't feel, you know, oh, I can't do it because just just please try and ask. Yes. All right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Thank you, Texter. Mm-hmm. By the way, text number 81807. Here's another one. My 30-plus-year-old maple green mountain variety did not drop all its leaves this year. It always drops leaves November 3rd, 4th, 5th. <laughs> uh, let's see. It's... Uh, it's my last tree to drop, but not this year. Never turned its normal, brilliant yeah. colors. Mm-hmm. Dropped 25% by the end of November. It still has about yeah. 25% of the lease. We get this question it's often. It's a lot this year because we had weird weather. We had some weird frost and then some, some cool days and not warm days. and It was just weird. So don't worry if your trees didn't drop their leaves. They're fine. Just don't worry about it. And just you know. And I love the fact that you knew when your tree was dropping its yeah. leaves. That's impressive. I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. But um, that uh, yeah. So don't worry about it. The trees, lots of the trees, just didn't. The senescence just didn't take place, and leaves just didn't drop. We still have time for your question, your lawn or garden question, either by phone or by text. There is a line open if you want to fill it. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. We get a lot of text messages too at eight one eight zero seven. Texter says I received a small poinsettia. It was. And it was in a sponge block in the pot. Was it planted as a stem or a seed? Probably a stem. Oh, okay. They probably just rooted it out. That's kind of weird, but yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's kind of strange. Uh, Meyer lemon is dropping leaves. Could it be too wet? Several green lemons on it yet. It could be too wet. Um, make sure that you're not getting that soil too wet. Also, start looking for aphids and spider mites and scale. Um, especially the the scale that really impacts our citrus in the middle of winter. All right, you're going to have to help me with this. They they want to know how to care for this particular plant in winter, please. It is spelled D I P L A D E N I A. D E D I P Diplodinia. Diplodinia. Okay, I believe that that I know that's a tropical. Um, I would give it as much light as possible. Keep the soil averagely moist. And um, again, head down to the Florida University for tropical information oh, on their plants okay. for the Diplodinia. Mm-hmm. Very good. Yeah. Let's take a break, Teresa. Okay. We'll come back with your questions either by phone or by text. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Uh, Our text number, again, is 81807, if that's easier for you. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Good morning. Welcome back to our Smart Garden Show here on A3OWCCO. Teresa Rooney, Master Gardener, helping you out this morning by phone, uh, which is 651-989-9226, or text. Send us a text, 8188. Zero seven. Uh, maybe you can comment on this, uh, Teresa. Texter says, I've used Roundup. We were talking about Creeping Charlie mm-hmm, earlier. Mm-hmm. I've used Roundup on the, full yard to, on the full yard to kill Creeping Charlie, but the compost used before reseeding had CR seeds. C slash I don't know what that is. Mm. Uh, don't use community compost because of that. Um, sometimes the, your community compost, usually it heats up enough to kill your weed seeds, but not always. Mm. So, yeah. So sometimes you you may bring in soil. You can even bring in soils that have weed seeds in them. Mm-hmm. And that was your comment to, to earlier texter who did not like using chemicals. Mm-hmm. You suggested one of the things is... Uh, is, is covering it up with um, with layers of um, of compost and straw and things like, and cardboard and things like that. Yeah. Okay. 
651-989-9226. Let's see. Text is, uh, here's a question. Would goats grazing rid a property of Creeping Charlie? There's another Creeping Charlie. (laughs) Just wondering, as I've seen them used to destroy buckthorn. Yep. Goats are browsers, so they're normally eating up. And, and and so that's what they're doing. They're eating on bushes, and they may nibble a little bit on Creeping Charlie, but I wouldn't think they're going to do much of an impact. They'll probably just eat the stuff around them and then fertilize and then help the Creeping Charlie get stronger. But they do they do like to chow down on buckthorn. Oh, they're really good for buckthorn. Wow. Really. Yep, yep. They're really good for, for shrub and invasive shrubs and, and buckthorn removal. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're getting some calls in uh, and texters as well. Uh, here's the text number, 81807. A text just came in. How do I get rid of chives? They are endless and moving into the grass. Okay. So if, if I don't know if they're garlic chives or if they're the, the onion chives, the little pink ones. Just deadhead them. Um, both of those chives are nice clumping plants, but once they go to seed, those seeds spread everywhere. So just deadhead them, and that's all you have to do, just like your... Um, the coneflowers that we had earlier. Oh, sure. Just, just if you've got plants that are causing problems like that, just as soon as they're done flowering, cut off their flower heads, and they just won't reseed. A, um, most of these are clumper plants, so you don't have to worry about that. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Back to the phones we go. Joan is calling from Edina. Joan, you're on CCO. Good morning. Hi, Joan. Good morning. So much for global warming. <laughs> <laughs> Keep in mind now, this is just the this weather. This is weather. This is not climate. <laughs> yes. I have a new neighbor and nice people, but they're, they topped two of the uh, ash trees that are 70 years old. Oh. Will anything come of that? Um, did they top them for, you they know? Just, I don't know why I didn't ask, but okay. they just totally topped it. Um, um, I, you know, not knowing why they topped them, I don't know. The ash trees probably will just be fine there, you know, unless they were then infected with that, with the emerald ash borer. And then there's nothing that you can really do to stop that once they get infected. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, if you uh, drive around towns, lots of times you'll see trees planted in the wrong place, like under power lines. So then the cities are topping their trees and some people don't understand that, that they're being topped because of the wires, and they think that's how you're supposed to take uh. care of your trees because they, they don't understand how trees grow. So they're just following what they see in their city. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not quite sure why anyone would top a tree that's full-grown like that. Hmm. Unless there was some hazard. Unless there was a hazard or they just didn't understand what they were doing, and I'm not yeah. sure why why a landscape yeah. company would. We don't know. We don't know. That, we yeah. don't know, yeah. So so probably the trees should be okay, um, but, you know, you'll just have to see. Still have time for your call, 651-989-9226. Ed is calling from uh, Bloomington, I think. Good morning, Ed. Hi, Ed. Good morning. See, I planted a lot of tulips in daffodils in the fall, but I found that I have about a hundred that I forgot to plant. Uh-huh. I, I was considering putting them in some large pots with soil and storing them somewhere cold, like in the garage. And then would, if I set them out in the spring, or could you recommend a better way to uh, store them that way and get them to grow? 
I think that's probably your best chance if they don't um, freeze and thaw. So if the if the garage can just stay frozen or if it can just stay really cool. Um, so if it's an attached garage, that'll probably work really well. If it's not attached and it just stays frozen, and it doesn't get warm in there and then they start thawing out. That would be good too. So if you can just keep them at a good cool temperature, not moving up the temperature up and down, up and down all the time. That would be a really good way to do it. Yeah. Good luck. What temperature is that? Can I... Can they actually freeze? Yes, they can freeze. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Very good, Ed. Thanks for the call. You want them frozen. You want them to stay then frozen. Stay you don't then. want them to thaw ah, and then freeze okay. and thaw and freeze. So they're either going to be like right above freezing or keep them frozen. All right. But don't put them in your freezer. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> I don't. You don't have to today. I, no, you don't have to today. <laughs> no. <laughs> At all. All right. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, uh, Ed. We were getting more text messages. I'm looking at the clock, and we okay. do have a Let few minutes to, to go. No, no, you're best. fine. Okay. We're fine. Uh, let's see. Where did I leave off? We did the goats. Uh, okay. I have an avocado seed that has grown into a five-foot tree. Mm-hmm. It has four nice branches, mm-hmm. each with a clump of leaves. Mm-hmm. It looks good, except mm-hmm. the leaves start out nice, then turn dry and drop off. Could it be bugs? I already put in a bigger pot. Could it need fertilizer? Probably not fertilizer. Uh, maybe try to use um, distilled water or something. It may be impacted by some of the chlorines and stuff that we have in our water. Some plants are sensitive to that. Um, and then try to keep the soil moist uh, and do look for insects. Mm-hmm. Do look hmm. for insects. Do, would you, they produce avocados, those trees? Or is that just you, no, for... Probably not because no. they, they want to be a 40 or 50 foot tree oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and they need certain certain heat and light and I just don't know if we'd ever get enough of that heat and light up here in Minnesota long enough to, to trigger avocado growth. But we get calls from time to time about uh, Meyer lemon trees. Mm-hmm. Yep, uh, the lemons will, the lemons will yeah. They will. Mm-hmm. Do they get large as regular lemons or not quite? Yeah, they're good-sized lemons. They are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah wow. they'll just be the regular le- Meyer lemon mm. size. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So you're already thinking spring. They're already thinking And, oh, those citrus trees, they smell so good when they're blooming. Oh, yes. So it's a wonderful thing to have in your house in the middle of winter when it's 14 below. Well, you know what else I mentioned earlier that getting, especially this time of year when we have visitors, family, friends, mm-hmm. gathering, uh, and you think, well, what are we going to do with Uncle Harry and that? Uh, mm-hmm. let, go to the Arboretum. Go to the Arboretum, yeah. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. I hear it's beautiful this time. It, you know, they, the, um, you, especially if you're into anything outdoor because they have um, lots of events outdoor. They have cocoa things. They have, um, there'll be um, maple syrping in the spring. They have, I think, cross-country um on Skiing. Three Mile Drive, yeah, yeah. and I think you can bring your dogs out there if you have a special license. Um, so there's a lot of things you could do. Understand the Arboretum has a very tiny conservatory, so there's not a lot of green going on right now. The Arboretum is an outside kind of place. So it, they do ha- usually have a beautiful display, too, in the in the Great Hall. I don't know what it is this, this time of year, though. I don't know what it is. I haven't looked into it. But that. as far as other times of the year, spring, it's summer, fall, gorgeous uh, out if, there. You, if you need ideas of oh, what to plant. Oh, that's the place in, to go. Yeah. Yeah. If, if you want ideas, if you want to showcase Minnesota beautiful, if you want to learn stuff, if you want ideas, if you want to see what a tree looks like full grown, if you want to see what ornamental grasses look like in their beautiful habitats, Mary Meyer has done a great 
job out there with the grass. Um, they're putting in a Chinese garden. Mm. So they have a Chinese garden going in. There's a great maze. They always have fantastic sculptures. So the Arboretum is just a jewel of Minnesota. And I think it was voted Best Arboretum last year. You know what? I think you're right. I remember reading that. As well it should be. As well it should be. Uh, We've got about a minute to go here before we uh, say goodbye and Happy New Year to you. Um, What about that? uh, the website? Extension.umn.edu. And if you're looking for tropical information, head down to the Florida um, University. But there's, it's great reading, it's our, great our reading. website right yeah, here. Our website is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Click on the garden tab and you'll learn a lot of stuff. Absolutely. And as far as uh, people are saying, well, where's the Arboretum? We should give somewhat of a direction. There. The Arboretum is out on Highway 5. five out on 5 and Chan West on 5. And basically, if you're Just on keep f- going west on 5, just past 41, and past there it is 41. on your left hand you'll, side. And you'll, you'll notice there's a bunch of grapevines growing. Yeah. So they've that's where our, our grapes are coming from and our... our Fruit trees, our apple trees, Honeycrisp was was, yes. was created out there. I could go for one of those I right now. I could go too. Happy New Year, Happy Teresa. Happy New Year, Danny. It Thanks was great working much. with you all week. And we'll see Julie here next week, I think you You'll said. You'll see huh? Julie here next right, week, yep. Right. Thanks very much. Thank you. Master Gardener Teresa Rooney here on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.